Blog Talk Radio. Hi, this Welcome to Karma Talk. Unfortunately, Tammy was not able to be here today to give you the message she was to share today. I am Sarah Jacobs, Tammy's assistant, and I'm sharing the message she has given to me to talk to you about today. She's out of the area and not in a place where there is phone or internet access. She says to please know that she is here in spirit and looks forward to being back next week. The topic today is love is a gift we are so blessed to have. I don't know anyone who does not want to be loved. There may be people who say they just want to be alone or do not want anyone in their life. But that happens for several reasons. They may have been hurt in the past and are afraid to allow someone to get into their life again. They may feel that they do not deserve to be loved. They may have low self-esteem or are really or really hurt someone that they really cared about. They may never have experienced love, even from their parents the people who are supposed to love and take care of us. There are people who are so damaged physically, mentally, emotionally, and or spiritually that they do not know how what love is. But that doesn't mean that they can't feel and experience God's love and the people that God will bring into their lives who will love them unconditionally. God's love. I want to share some of the things Tammy put on her blog April 8th of this year, which came from her newsletter. She was talking about how we need to be connected through love. First of all, we are meant to be connected to true love. Our angels want us to allow love in and let it sustain us. Their wish for us to live happy, to live happy lives, to be true to what we feel, and to always be connected to love. We become disconnected from love, even our own true feelings, because we live in a way that we think will bring us happiness. Um, as you know, society has its own values and um, tries to perpetuate those values in a number of different ways. People get caught up trying to focus in on getting caught up at work, trying to get ahead at work. Um, they get concerned about paying their bills or reaching a certain uh social status in life or financial status in life um, or they're just so used to doing what they are being told to do. We miss out on who we really are and fail to live being true to ourselves and fail to reach our true potential. In other words, there are too many other things that are influencing our lives that keep us from staying focused on the things that we really need to be focused in on to be happy and to experience love 
and also to do what we need to do to fulfill our purpose. Thank you so much. Hello, I apologize for that. Something happened and I lost the connection with you. Back to talking about God's love and some of the things that Tammy shared on her blog on April 8th. Life is so much more than what we often allow it to be. God has created us for so much more. You can strengthen your connection to love through your heart chakra. Your heart chakra is a focal point of unconditional love, joy, inner peace, forgiveness, and compassion. It represents our ability to love past, present, and future, as well as a right to accept and love ourselves and each other. This chakra is located in the center of your chest area, just above the heart. So when meditating, visualize the energy coming up into the center of your chest, opening and filling your heart with peace. Green is associated with the opening and healing of the heart chakra. Focusing on the emerald green color will help heal any broken wounds or neglect you may have. Green gemstones, clothing, and the use of green oils, such as eucalyptus or pine essential oils, will also help stimulate the heart chakra. Um, for those of you who are just tuning in, this is Sarah Jacobs, uh, Tammy Adams' assistant. Welcome to Karma Talk. And today we are talking about love is a gift we are so blessed to have. By living your life focused energy center of love, you will always guarantee your true connection to love. I just wanted to let you know that Tammy's first book just came out. It is titled, The Secret to Your Chakras. You can buy it on Amazon.com. Many of Tammy's clients have asked if she would write a book where they could learn to heal themselves. She's talked so much about uh, meditation and about various forms of healing and the benefits of healing, um, and now she's actually put it into a little handbook. This is what she called, this is what she created, a small handbook that is intended to help you identify if any of your chakras are blocked. And if so, how to unblock them. It is easy to read and understand. Again, if you're interested in Tammy's new book, it's called The Secret to Your Chakras. And again, you can buy it at Amazon.com. This past weekend, Tammy did a workshop in her Sacramento and her Reading offices. Uh, the name of the workshop was called Introduction to Your Chakras. It's amazing. The groups were small, and she was able to give individual attention to each participant. She let them know which of their chakras was blocked and what to focus on to unblock the chakras. She then did a mass healing meditation. 
which helped each participant to begin to release blockages. I remember one of the most important things she said, and I know it was important because she repeated it several times. She said, in order to be more spiritually connected, you need to have self-confidence, self-esteem, and self-love. And let me repeat that again. She said, in order to be more spiritually connected, you need to have self-confidence, self-esteem, and self-love. These are areas in our life that we can all work on. We need to believe that God loves us so much that we can manifest these things in our own life. The next thing um, I want to talk about is what does God say about love? Because actually he's the person who created love and knows the most about it. First of all, it says that God is love. The very concept of love comes from God. To truly know God is to know love. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. He who does not have love does not know God, for God is love. And that actually comes from 1 John 7 and 8. Again, it says, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. He who does not have love does not know God, for God is love. Love is a word or concept that we hear often. People want to be loved. They want to experience love. But many people have distorted concepts of love. Love to them is conditional. If you do this or that for me, then I will love you. People try and control other people and aspects of their relationships. This is not the type of love that God is talking about. It is based on control, which is really not love. It is more like a business contract. People are so consumed with the need to control all aspects of their life and the lives of those around them. They want things done their way. They want things done when they want them, not when God chooses to bring them into their life. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whosoever believes him shall not perish but have eternal life. And that comes from John 3.16. God loved us so much that he gave his most precious gift, his one and only son, up to die a cruel death on the cross in order to save us. In other words, to save our lives and provide for all of our needs. If you have never seen the movie, The Passion of the Christ, you need to see it. There have been many movies made about the crucifixion of Christ, but this one truly depicts the events that led up to Jesus' crucifixion more realistically than others. But I must warn you, it is difficult to watch, but it really gives you a true picture of the suffering of Jesus 
the suffering he went through in order to provide for us eternal life. Every time I think that I am going through a bad time and I think I am suffering, I think of the suffering of Jesus and how my suffering is so small compared to that. Jesus said, I have made you known to them and will continue to make you known in order that the love you have for me may be in them and that I myself may be in them. That comes from John 17:26. Here Jesus is talking about the love that God had for him and how he wants us to know and experience that same love. If God dwells in your heart and you give him control of your life, then you have nothing to fear. He will be with you through all the things that you are going through and will provide for all of your needs. Your needs, not your wants. Although God often gives us the desires of our heart when we have our priorities straight. Our angels have been assigned to us to help us through each difficulty and to give direction to our lives. Love the Lord with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. That comes from Mark twelve thirty. If you truly love God with all your heart, mind, and strength, then you will desire the same things that God desires for you. Your thoughts will be his thoughts and you will do what it takes to fulfill your purpose as God has revealed it to you. And now abide faith, hope, and love. These three, but the greatest of these is love. That comes from 1 Corinthians 13, 13. Since God is love, if you know God and allow him to have control over your life, then you will have faith and hope. Because of God's love for us, we have faith and hope. Our angels were assigned to us by God because he knew we needed help and protection during each lifetime. We must stay connected to our angels in order to have the love, faith, and hope we need to manifest the happiness God wants us to have. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It is not rude. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perveres. Love never fails. And that comes from 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 8. That's a very popular... um, expression that people put in a number of different places, but it really is God's definition of what love looks like. 
God's love for us will never fail. This is a good description of how unconditional love is manifest. We put others before ourselves and behave in a way that shows kindness, patience, and is a true demonstration of God's love for us. Beloved, if God loved us, we also ought to love one another. That comes from 1 John 4.11. Love is contagious. When we feel God's love for us and see the things he has brought into our lives, you want to show that same love to others. Our angels want us to be happy and experience all the blessings God has for us. The whole concept of play it forward is a perfect example about what I'm talking about. There are so many people who are so blessed in so many ways that they do not understand how lucky they are. Sometimes God actually takes things away from us for a while to help us appreciate them. One of the things that... um, Tammy's nonprofit does is feed the homeless on Saturday. And if you've never done it, you need to go out and spend some time with the homeless. You will truly appreciate what you have. Um, and what always amazes me is how thankful they are for the little thing that you give them. On Saturdays, we normally take out sandwiches, and they're just happy to get a small sandwich. And that may be all they've had to eat that day. That may be all they've had to eat for several days. But they are always so grateful just for that that little thing that you're giving them. We forget how blessed we are. We forget to be thankful for the roof that we have over our heads, for the food and the drinks that God has given us, for the ability for us to be able to draw and buy whatever kind of food we're hungry for that day, to be able to eat as much food as we want, to be able to go out to eat and have other people cook for us, um, enjoy uh, food from a variety of different restaurants and a variety of different cultures. These people watch people every day walk past them. Most of the time, they treat them like they're invisible. They don't want to notice or acknowledge the fact there is somebody that close to them in need. So, again, I encourage you, if you've never done it, to get some sandwiches or make some sandwiches and take some out to the homeless um, because it's such a blessed experience and you will truly, truly know and feel God's blessing once you've done that. But I say to you, love your enemies, bless those who curse you, be good to those who hate you, and pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you. That comes from Matthew 5.45. This may seem like a contradiction. Why would anyone want to love their enemies and pray for those who are using you or hurting you and possibly the people you love the most? You have to remember the principle of karma. It does you no good to hurt the people who are trying to hurt you. It just becomes a vicious cycle. 
you do something to them and they do something to you. And then you do something back to them and they do something back to you. And it just keeps spiraling out of control. Rather, speak a blessing on them. This will release God to deal with them himself. He knows exactly what to do to stop the situation. We let our emotions get in the way and can actually make things worse by trying to handle it ourselves. Because, again, you know, we bring negative karma onto ourselves. Our angels are here to protect us from these types of situations. God says in Romans 12, 21, do not not overcome evil with evil but overcome evil with good. Let me say that again. Do not be overcome with evil, but overcome evil with good. Another thing that God said about love, he said, husbands, love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her. So husbands ought to love their own wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. That's in Ephesians 5, uh, 25 and 28. This is something that could save many relationships and marriages today. I actually just looked up some of the latest statistics on marriage and divorce, and the divorce rate is higher than the marriage rate. Also, the number of people having relationships outside their marriage is high and can seem to continually be growing. It is difficult to have a relationship with someone you do not trust. Infidelity only hurts a relationship, not to mention the risk of taking on incurable diseases. And think of all the negativity you can take on from the people you are with. This is just one of the ways entities can attach themselves to people and take over their bodies. Or you can get blockages or negativity off of that person. You don't know what they've been involved with or who else they've been involved with, but it's just a really bad spiraling situation. There is no fear in love. But perfect love casts out fear because fear involves torment and he who fears has not been made perfect in love. If you truly know God and his love for you, you will have no fear. Just like a father watches out for his child, so God watches out for us. We are his children and he loves each and every one of us and is looking out for each and every one of us. He knows everything that we are going through. He knows everything that is happening to us. Our angels help to guide us and protect us. And again, they were assigned to us from God, and they're here to help us through every situation, to help show us what we need to do, and to protect us from all the negativity that is around us and that comes into our space. Another thing that Tammy wanted me to talk about today was forgiveness. 
it is important that we forgive the people who are hurting us, whether it be deliberately or unknowingly. There are so many reasons why this is so important. First of all, resentment, bitterness, anger, envy, negative emotions or feelings like I've just expressed are all very negative and they can hurt us physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. We do not realize the toll that negative emotions can have on our lives. Physical diseases can manifest when we do not forgive and let negative emotions control our lives. We cannot change what happened in the past, but we can move past it and go on with our life. Carrying around negative emotions lowers our vibrational energy and can create physical disease, mental health issues, and block us spiritually. Many different types of support groups teach the people that they must forgive the people who have hurt them. And I'm talking about things, you know, things like AAA, I'm sorry, AA, and other support groups. That's one of the important concepts that you hear in almost any support group. And if you are one of those people hurting someone, They may even tell you or ask you to go back to that person and ask for forgiveness. They may even ask you to make restitution for what hurt you caused them. So even the people that are not even connected to God recognize the importance of forgiveness in order to be healed. God says, and when you stand praying, if you hold anything against anyone, forgive him so that your Father in heaven may forgive you your sins. That comes from Mark eleven twenty five. In other words, if you do not forgive others, then God cannot forgive you for what you have done. You must develop a spirit of forgiveness. Now, I'm not saying to let people walk all over you. Forgive them and move on with your life. Let God deal with them and what they have done. God is much better at dealing with the issues than you are. He knows their heart and why they did what they did. He also knows how to teach them that what they did was not right and what they need to do about it. I can remember hearing a a woman who was preaching, actually giving a sermon on television. And she, and I've heard a lot of different sermons, and but this particular point I had never heard about before. And she's a very recognized um, preacher, and she was talking about how early on, before she was even a preacher, she was um, conducting a Bible study in her home. And She was very much into the Bible study. She wanted to do a really good job. And she recalls that there was one woman, a young woman who had a number of children who always seemed to come in late. Sometimes she didn't show up at all. She would always apologize, you know, but she was a person who tried to regularly attend 
her Bible study. <clears throat> and she was very judgmental of this woman. She would think, well, you know, what's wrong with her? You know, everyone else can get here on time. Why can't she get here on time? And she began to be very judgmental towards her and actually almost carry a negative attitude towards her. And later on in her life, after she was a a preacher, she was praying about something that was very important to her. And And her prayers weren't being answered, and she couldn't figure out why is this prayer not being answered. And she started asking God, you know, why is it that you're not answering my prayer? And he showed her that it was because she was judging somebody else and um, really, truly did not understand the circumstances under which this woman was living. And it was actually a miracle that she was able to get there at all. So she learned a very valuable lesson, and I learned a very valuable lesson by hearing what she was saying because we often judge people without even thinking about it, um, and we use, you know, our value system to do it. And, of course, nothing is, nobody knows what really happened except the person that it happened to. And I want each one of you to think about remembering how it felt when you found out someone said something about you which was not true and based on rumors. How did you feel? And I remind myself of this because I don't want to be judged by other people. That's not my purpose. That's that's something that God does. That's not something for each one of us to do to each other. No one is perfect. We all make mistakes. And we need forgiveness as much as our neighbor. We all need to remember that we can create both negative and positive karma. If we want to be blessed and be happy and prosperous, we need to create positive karma and do what we can to get rid of negative karma. Your angels will help you to keep your energy positive, but you must stay connected to your angels so that they can guide and direct you onto the right path. The next thing I want to talk about is God's love for us and forgiveness. God's love for us is unconditional. We do not deserve it. It is the truest, purest form of love. God does not try and control and manipulate our lives. He gives us free will. We are not forced to go on our true path. We can choose it or not. Sometimes God puts us in circumstances that will encourage us to make the right choice. I know that's happened to me on many occasions. God has given us several examples where he has encouraged people to do the right thing. Remember the story of the prophet Jonah and the whale? Well, if you remember, and I'll kind of refresh your memory, Jonah was told to go preach, go to Nineveh to tell the people there about God. And basically there was a time frame too that if they didn't change 
their ways, they were going to be destroyed in 40 days. So this was a very important assignment for Jonah. And um, instead of just listening to God and going and doing what God told him to do, he started talking to the people around him saying, you know, do, do you really think that I should go to Nineveh? Um, you know, um, I heard they're persecuting uh, Christians over there, and they're actually, in some cases, killing them. And so, of course, they started, you know, doing the human thing and saying, oh, you know, no, you better think twice about that. Uh, and so he decided that he wasn't going to do it. So he boarded a ship which is actually going in the opposite direction. And a storm came up, and Jonah was on board when the the storm came up. And even though the people who were in charge of the ship, they didn't believe in Jonah's God, they did believe that there was a reason why this huge storm came up, and they were all about to die if they didn't figure out what was wrong and handle it. And they figured out that it was, um, I guess they drove... Uh, drew lots or something like that and they found out that it was the reason the ship was in trouble was because of Jonah and that Jonah was aboard so he said you know yeah go ahead throw me overboard you know I'm the cause for this storm so he was thrown overboard but instead of drowning like you know most people would a whale came and swallowed him up and threw him up on the shore now you can imagine what that experience must have been like immediately to Nineveh and did what God had asked him to do. Even though we continue to live in sin, God is still there to forgive us and our angels have been sent to help us find our true path and protect us from all the negativity around us. Because he gives us free will, there are always people who are going to reject his gift of eternal life. There are people who do not believe in God or choose to live their life as they please. Until they get old, they decide until they get old and they're on their deathbed, then they're going to try and make things right with God. Even though we live a even though we live a life and make some bad choices, if we choose to ask God to forgive us, He will. But the truth is we cannot live a life full of love joy, peace, hope, and happiness without God. We think we know what is best for us, but we really don't. Have you ever decided that you wanted something really bad and you would do anything to get it? But regardless of what you did, you were not able to get the things you wanted most. But then years later, God gave you something twice as beautiful as what you wanted. You did not even have to struggle or control or manipulate people to get it. It sort of just fell in your lap. That is how God works. Yes, there are times that we may have to work hard or suffer to get what God wants us to have. But as part of his plan in our lives, we will receive it. Jesus is God's one and only son, the thing he loved the most in the whole world. Having been sent from such having been sent for such an important role on earth, there were certain things even Jesus already knew about his life and his purpose here on earth. Remember when he was just twelve years old and his parents had gone um, to Jerusalem, he was missing. 
And they were looking everywhere for him. And they found him in the temple, sitting in the midst of the doctors, both hearing them and asking them questions. And all that heard him were astonished at his understanding and answers. When his parents asked why would he worry them so by going to the temple alone without telling them, he said they should know he would be about his father's business. Jesus went to a place called Gethsemane with his disciples and took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee and began to be very sorrowful and very heavy. Then he said to them, My soul is exceedingly sorrowful even unto death. Carry you here and watch me. And he went a little further and fell on his face and prayed, saying, O my father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nonetheless, not as I will, but as thou. And being in agony, he prayed more earnestly, and his sweat was as it were great drops of blood falling down to the ground. Can you imagine sweating so profusely that you even have drops of blood coming out from your body? I cannot imagine how much this must have been for Jesus. But again, he said he was submissive and he understood what he needed to do. And he said to let God's will be accomplished. Jesus was a perfect example of us and submission to God's plan for our life. Jesus said, put your sword back in its place. Jesus said to Peter, for all who draw the sword will die by the sword. Do not think I cannot call on my father, and he will at once put at my disposal more than 12 legions of angels. But how then would the scripture be fulfilled that say it must happen in this way? So then he was acknowledging that he, he could even ask God, he could have gotten out of that, um, and the angels would have come and helped him. But he chose rather to be obedient to God and God's plan for his life. When we think about the saints, and the word saint comes from the Greek word hagios, which means consecrated to God, holy, sacred, pious. The idea of the word saint is a group of people set apart for the Lord and his kingdom. The word sanctified and holy come from the same Greek root as the word that is commonly translated saint. Saints are to increasingly allow their daily life to be more closely matched to their position in Christ. Have you ever noticed that the more time you spend with someone, the greater influence they have on your life? This is why parents become so concerned when their children begin to spend time with other people that do not have the same values, beliefs, practices, or behaviors that they endorse. The saints are also good examples for us to follow. As God's people, we are increasingly supposed to allow our daily life to be more closely matched to our position in Christ. In other words, we're to become more like Christ. The people around us will notice the difference in us, and they often will mention it. I want you to think of Mother Mary seeing her son die on the cross, but yet being in an instant forgiveness manner because she knew as a prophecy to see her son to be crucified. One of the prayers that Tammy um, has gave to me, and I say it every morning, is the Jesus suffering prayer. And it goes like this. 
Be it known that the number of armed soldiers were 150. Those who trailed me while I was bound were 23. The executioners of justice were 83. The blows received on my head were 150. Those on my stomach, 108. Kicks on my shoulder, 80. I was led bound with cords by the hair 24 times. Spit in the face for 180. I was beaten on the body 6,066 times. Beaten on the head 110 times. I was roughly pushed and at 12 o'clock was lifted up by the hair. Pricked with thorns and pulled by the beard 23 times. We see 20 wounds on the head. Thorns on marine junks 72. Thorns in the head 110. Mortar thorns in the forehead 3. I was afterwards flogged and dressed as a mocking. Wounds in the body, 1,000. The soldiers who led me to cavalry, 608. Those who watched me were three. Those who mocked me were 1,008. The drops of blood which I lost were 28,430. This is a prayer that reminds me each day of the suffering of Jesus. Um, And again... In the movie, The Passion of Christ, you actually see Mary weeping and wiping up the blood of her son, Jesus, because every part of his body was sacred, and she knew this. She stayed with him to the very end, even as he hung dying on the cross. She knew and understood that this was all part of God's plan. So many people left because they were afraid that the same thing was going to happen to them. But she was one of the few people that stayed there till the very end. I remember hearing another um, preacher talking on television about the seven places that Jesus shed blood on the cross. Uh, I said shed blood, I'm sorry, not necessarily on the cross. And each one had a significance. I think the person who was talking, his name was Larry Hutch. I can't remember for sure. This is a very long time ago. But the first place, uh, one of the places he shed blood was at Gethsemane. Obviously, that's where he was crucified. And that was to forgive us of our sins and to provide us with eternal life. The second place he shed blood was when they whipped him, and they call it stripes. The whipping he received provided us with healing, and it says, and by his stripes we are healed. Surely he has borne our grief and carried our sorrows, yet we esteemed him stricken written by God and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him. And by his stripes we are healed. So it wasn't for that beating, we wouldn't have the provision of healing. The crown of thorn provided us healing and help from the ground, which was cursed, and uh, from thorns and thistles, and also from poverty. The another place he bled was from his hands. His hands were pierced with nails. And this provided us total authority and prosperity. And it says, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatsoever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatsoever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Another place he shed blood was on his feet. They were pierced also with nails, and they provided us 
with dominion and inheritance. And that's um, dominion over the earth and also inheritance as children of God. Another place he was pierced was his side. Remember, they took the sword and pierced his side. That provided us with healing of the heart. And that's something that most of us need, healing of the heart. And the last point was he was bruised for our iniquities, and he actually bled from that, which freed us from the, and from our sins. So I think um, each part of the brutality that God experienced, Jesus, I'm sorry, experienced had a significant and a very important significance for us. We need to remember, even though it's 2,000 years later, God still loves us. Sometimes we think because this all happened over 2,000 years ago that it's not important, but it isn't, but it is. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever, and that's what it says in Hebrews 13, 8, and that's what he's telling us. I'm not sure if you've noticed that the things that are happening in the world right now are a result of an extreme amount of negativity. Each day we see things in the news that we find hard to believe. There are natural disasters in places that there didn't used to be natural disasters, and the disasters that are coming upon the earth seem to be much worse than ever before. We see parents hurting their own children at alarming rates, which rarely happened in the past. We see people who are supposed to protect people actually hurting, actually hurting the people they are intended to protect. There are an alarming number of hate crimes of all sorts rising in the world. We see more and more people in high or prestigious positions that are being charged with ethical misconduct, crimes, and offenses which have required them to resign or step down. More and more people are snapping and committing crimes against innocent people because they are angry and trying to get back at society in general. We see children and teens committing violent crimes at an alarming rate, which was almost unheard of just 10 years ago. So we can see the impact that negativity has on the, on the earth right now. Yet it is also clear that God still loves us and is trying to help and protect us in all areas of our life. There is a vast increase in the number of people seeking spiritual enlightenment and seeking to connect with God in ways that they could not, in ways that they can communicate directly with God himself. For example, people are wanting to understand their spiritual gifts. They're beginning to sense and notice that they have abilities and they want to know why they have these abilities and what they're for. They're beginning to notice that things that are happening to them are not by accident, and they're trying to understand and figure out what the significance of these things are. People also are trying to protect their children from all the negativity that's in society, in the public schools, and on the media, and they are waking up to the damage that it's already created. There are more spiritual organizations, website, and retreat centers than ever before. And there are more people now that are going to psychic, spiritual meetings, and spiritual counselors. Um, And Tammy, I've also noticed even with Tammy's 
there are more and more people coming to see Tammy. And the things that they come to see her about are, you know, serious things. Um, they may have dabbled in some kind of negative energy and they need to have that taken off of them because it's controlling their life. And so the things that they're coming in for are more serious than usual. God is here for us and will always be here to help guide us and direct us in the way we need to go. He has assigned special angels to each one of us to help us and to protect us. He tells us and he promises this, I will never leave you nor forsake you. God always keeps his promises even though we may not keep ours. We can depend upon him and what he tells us. Remember, God has already made the ultimate sacrifice. Remember that each one of us has a purpose, and each one of us is beautiful in God's eyes. We each have unique qualities, skills, and abilities and characteristics to help us accomplish what needs to be done. Created and assigned each angel to each one of us based on our needs. They are one of the things that help us stay connected to God. Their job is to help us and to protect us in each of our lifetimes. Here are some of the things that the Bible actually says about angels. I tell you the truth, you shall see heaven open and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. See that you do not look down on one of these little ones, and he's talking about children. For I tell you that their angels in heaven also see the face of my Father in heaven. For he shall give his angels charge over you to keep you in all your ways. You know, and that's just a perfect description of what our angels do for us. But in order to benefit our guardian angels and what they're here trying to do for us, we need to be able to connect with them, and we need to stay connected to them. And I know Kelly talks about this a lot, but it's so important. We need to take time to meditate every day, at least 20 minutes. And it's best to go to a quiet spot. Um, You can either sit in the lotus position with your palms up, or you can lay down and put your palms up. And it's good to put on some soft music um, that will help tune out any of the talking or background noises and help you stay focused on meditating. And you need to release all the negative emotions and feelings that you have and also to receive from God the things that um, he has for you and put protection around yourself. For those of you who have trouble meditating, because this is such an important thing to do, um, Tammy has created a meditation CD. It's 23 minutes long. And it helps you. It's a guided meditation CD where she's actually talking to you, guiding you step by step through the meditation. It's very hard not to stay focused. And the people who have used this CD have said that it's helped them heal physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. If you're interested in this, um, you can either buy it at either one of her offices or you can go online and download it from her website to any of your electronic devices. Pay attention to what your angels are trying to tell you. If you hear a word when you're meditating, 
uh, write it down. You may not know what it means at the moment, or maybe you do, but it will have significance. Pay attention to what you are being shown. You may see colors, pictures, symbols. Again, after that meditation, remember to take some time and write it down. If it doesn't make sense now, it will make sense in the future. Pay attention to how you are feeling and to your feelings. If you've had a stressful day, you may notice that after the meditation, you feel much more relaxed and at peace. Maybe you weren't feeling well and you notice its pain or symptoms have diminished or completely gone away. But also pay attention to your feelings, emotional feelings, because those are also good indicators of something that needs to be done. You may feel that like there is something you need to do, and when you're done meditating, you actually find yourself doing something you had not planned to do at all. Your angels will help you to do what needs to be done. They will help you be in the right place at the right time as long as you are paying attention. Release fear and give all to the creator. One of the greatest things that keeps us from moving forward is fear. Fear of failure, fear of rejection, fear of disappointment, fear of being hurt in some way, fear of the unknown. Some even people fear success. One of the most important things to remember is that negativity will attack your mind with fear. That's one of that's almost one of the most predictable things that we can expect is that anytime God wants us to do something or anytime that we're trying to accomplish something important, <clears throat> that they're going to put fear someplace um, in our minds. And we need to understand first of all <clears throat> that isn't it's an attack. It's not true, and that God is going to help us. He tells us, do not let your heart be troubled. Trust in God. Trust also in me. In other words, he actually tells us not to be troubled, but trust him. It's important that we put our energy in the right direction, in faith and believing and seeing the outcome that we know God intends for us to have, not put the energy into fear or worry or in any other negative emotion. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Do not be afraid. Whatsoever things are good, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, think on these things. Anytime I find my mind wandering off into a negative direction, I deliberately stop and I start thinking about all the good things that have happened to me, that are going to happen to me, and I start visualizing them. You have to take control over your mind and not let it influence what God has intended for you. If he says, in this world, you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. He's already telling us, hey, I've already overcome every form of evil, and he's going to help us do the same thing. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. It is not life, is not life more important than food and the body more important than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Who of you, by worrying, can add a single hour to your life? Let me read that again. Who of you, by worrying, can add a single hour to your life? 
And why do you worry about clothes? See how the lilies of the field grow? They do not labor or spin. Did I tell you that even Solomon in all his splendor was not dressed like one of these? If this is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into fire, into the fire, will he not much more clothe you? He also says, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest in your soul, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. In other words, when God helps to carry us through what we're going through, it's not as difficult as when we're trying to go through it ourselves. I want all of you to let God heal you physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually, and be prepared for happiness. God bless each and every one of you. Tammy's website is AskTammyAdams.com, and her phone number is 916-930-0781. Thank you so much, and have a beautiful day.